0: biggest lies that people buy into is this catchy little phrase that sounds so good you can't legislate morality I want to raise this issue today because it's very controversial and sadly even some of the most conservative people including even some of the most ardent Christians believe this absolutely false claim They don't realize that this assertion, you can't legislate morality, comes straight from hell, from the devil himself. And they don't realize the absolute devastation that such a belief has caused in producing an amoral society that is a society without any rules about what is right or wrong. They do not understand how such words undermine everything that is inherent in a civilized society. So here now, as we close or are about to close the year 2023, we continue to live in an absolute moral crisis. And we must remember that a moral crisis is always a spiritual crisis. And moral crises destroy people. They destroy families. They destroy churches. They destroy towns and cities and nations. And so I think today it's worth discussing something that is extremely controversial, but what I believe is also very deadly. You're listening to Unity Without Compromise. I'm Dr. Steve Latour. I do appreciate you being with me today. And I must say that to the best of my abilities, I will speak the truth boldly. I have to do it. And I'll try to speak today, plain and simple, as I always do. First of all, because I love my Lord Jesus Christ, because I love my country, and I love the real Christian Brotherhood, not the fake church, but the true invisible church, because we have a work to do. And because of the Lord's love for me, I care about people. And for that reason, I will speak even the unpopular truths that might offend some people, some of you even today. But I'll gladly risk that that, that chance because I have to serve the Lord faithfully no matter the cost. So let's discuss this topic about you cannot legislate morality, and I'll Discuss with that a few other diabolical lies. We have to get at the truth because if we believe the lies that we are being told, perhaps that we've been told even all our lives, it gets us into trouble. And this moral crisis that we are in didn't just happen. It happens because we are deceived and because we choose not to live according to the rules of civilized society which ultimately are the rules of God. Now, nothing concerns me more than this fact that so many people blindly cling to this dogma, because when you accept as fact this lie that you can't legislate morality, you have unwittingly negated the whole purpose of government itself, which is to legislate morality. So if you believe this lie that you cannot legislate morality, then you have tacitly stamped your approval on the worst of crimes that are just too inconvenient perhaps to deal with. It is nothing less than rebellion against God. And we have to call it what it is. We have to recognize it, acknowledge it and confess it because it comes down to being a compromise of your own very integrity, of your own soul. And in a time when compromise has become highly fashionable on both the left and on the right. So when you say you cannot legislate morality, what you're really saying is we can pick and choose what principles of right and wrong we want to enforce. And if you truly believe you can't legislate morality, you are deceived, and you are Satan's useful idiot. I hate to use that term. It sounds so derogatory, but it is true. An idiot is someone who has no knowledge outside of himself. He doesn't consider the facts. He doesn't weigh the logic of his statements, and he follows the lie. And I just don't want that to happen to anyone. We don't want to compromise, but when we rebel against God, we compromise our own integrity. And when we do that, we set ourselves up for a great fall. If you truly believe you can't legislate morality, I want you to just open up your mind right now and think again, because you really are Satan's useful idiot. And if you disagree with me on that, On this point about legislating morality, then I just ask you to please listen to the rest of this program today. I want to talk about something that really needs to be discussed because I'm hearing things in conservative circles that I feel very uncomfortable with. We are compromising on our values without even realizing it or perhaps making excuses for it. Now, recently, we have been uh, confronted with some new uh, resurgence of a very evil man named Osama bin Laden. Remember bin Laden's letter to America? Well, it's recently gone viral on TikTok again, and it's actually getting a lot of praise. Now, that's no surprise to me, because what is TikTok? Well, TikTok is a very liberal site. Okay. But have you actually read Osama bin Laden's letter to America? I'd encourage you to do it and um, do it with uh, some discernment. Some of bin Laden's quotes, uh, they vary. Uh, They range uh, in truth and in deception. One, One, for example, he says the corruption is deep rooted now in all higher authorities. Now, I can't disagree with that. That's a true statement from bin Laden. And as I always say, truth is truth, no matter who says it. But bin Laden also said that Palestine has been under occupation for decades. Now, that is just absolutely a false statement. He also mentioned that we do not fight for mere killing, but to stop the killing of our people. Oh, I see. Is that what spurred the... Catastrophic attack against the Israeli people, the devastating, horrendous crimes that we saw where infants were beheaded, thrown in ovens, young and old were killed, people were taken captive to be tortured. Well, I don't quite agree with that. I think that bin Laden and his thugs do fight for the mere act of killing, namely because we... Some of us agree. Many of us are not radical Muslims. And then bin Laden said that the United States shall pay for its arrogance with the blood of Christians and their funds. Okay, so that's a few of the things he said in this letter. And what is not surprising to me, but what really frustrates me to no end is the response by so many people who actually Get on TikTok and listen to it and participate in it. Things like, oh, it's opened my eyes. Now I really think differently about terrorism. Hey, this could be a good thing. Terrorism is just resistance to a hostile power. And so, bin Laden's resurgence of his letter to America is causing a lot of shock and dismay and even existential crises. Like, oh my goodness, I've I believed all this stuff. I've been brainwashed, and now I see the wisdom of bin Laden. And I say to myself, wow, was bin Laden right? Was his 9 11 carnage justified? Was bin Laden actually some kind of a guru? Is he a hero? Maybe it goes to show you can't legislate morality. Can you? Robert O'Neill, who is the actual Navy SEAL who killed bin Laden, snuffed him, had an answer for these supposedly enlightened TikTokers. He says, deceit is a mask the devil puts over the eyes of useful idiots. Now that's pretty accurate. That's a good description of these people who somehow feel like they've been enlightened and have had these existential crises thinking oh my goodness how could i have missed it before bin laden is right he is justified in the massacre of thousands of people he stands for something and it must be right that's what they're saying now tiktok is owned by byte dance that's a chinese company and tiktok claims billion active users per month. That's who actually use the website on a regular basis. And of course, TikTok is appealing primarily to the young generation, the generation that stands for nothing and obviously falls for anything. And of course, since TikTok is a Chinese company, the CCP is doing all they can to help bin Laden's letter to go viral. So suddenly, killing thousands of innocent people on September 11th brings glory to Allah. It was morally right and justified. It pleases Allah. So says bin Laden in the letter. But bin Laden is dead. He's no longer here, which means he has met the real Lord of this universe. And now? He knows the truth. See, none of his beliefs and actions can alter his judgment before a righteous God. And we're in the same boat. Doesn't matter what we believe. Doesn't matter what we do. It's not going to alter what is going to happen. And God says he will judge us either with rewards and with mercy or with eternal punishment. That's what the Bible says. Evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse. That's what the Apostle Paul said to Timothy in Second Timothy, I believe it's chapter 3, verse 13, and many will believe them. Remember, the imposters and evil men are growing worse and worse, and a lot more people are falling for the lies. And in doing so, they will choose for themselves through their rebellion to suffer eternal damnation. Now, this is plainly what the Bible says. Accept it or not, it's not going to change the facts. So, can you legislate morality? Well, I would propose that it is absolutely pure nonsense to say we cannot. Let's just define our terms. First of all, legislate simply means to make or enact a law. Okay, to create laws. And if you're legislating morality, it means you're making laws on morality. So what is morality? It is the quality of an intention or a character, an action, a principle, or a sentiment when tried by the standard of right. In Romans 13, in the New Testament, we see that the purpose, the whole purpose of government is to enforce good behavior. And what is enforcing good behavior? What is the good behavior? In other words, who decides what is good and what is not? Because if you talk to bin Laden, wiping out thousands of innocent people is good. It pleases Allah. But if you're talking about God's morality, good has a different standard than that of bin Laden. And therefore, all laws have a purpose of enforcing behavior laws embody someone's values and that's what i mean by absolutely you can legislate morality that is what our government does it is based on someone's standard of right and wrong the law i'm talking about therefore all laws legislate morality This is the explicit purpose of government by God's design. And only an unrighteous government fails to do that, to uphold God's laws of good and evil. And look what's happening right now to America. Things are still not getting better as we head toward the 2024 election. America is becoming a land of lawless chaos. It's exactly what Obama wanted. That is the change that Obama wanted to bring, to bring chaos so he could topple a Christian empire. If you look at the Ten Commandments, there's some moral laws in there, the last six. There are some laws, the first four pertain to our relationship with God. The last six pertain to our relationship to one another. Those are moral laws. For example, you shall not murder. You shall not steal. Is, mo- is murder a moral issue? Well, do we not have laws against murder? Is stealing not doing wrong to someone? Yes, it is more wrong to steal from your neighbor. And do we not have laws against theft? We do. Therefore, the government can and does legislate morality. There's no two ways about it. Should you legislate morality? Well, only if you want law and order. If a stranger came up to you as you were out shopping, walking down the street, and somebody pulled a gun out and pointed it to your temple and decides he wants to kill you, you're going to hope and pray real fast that someone legislates morality, because otherwise you're going to blow your brains out. So, legislating morality is not just a good thing; it is an essential thing if you want law and order. If your neighbor doesn't like you because you have a bigger, fancier house than they do, you're on easy street compared to them struggling to make their uh, their payments for utilities and to buy food in what in, in this time of what's called Bidenomics, right? Well, if that neighbor decides one night to come over and spread some gasoline around your house and torch it, uh, is that right or wrong? Is murder and arson, are they not violations of a moral law? And so you would hope that the law would keep these people in check. Now, is it right to pass a law that I don't agree with? Who decides, you, the legislators, or does God decide what is right and wrong? Who gives anyone a right to pass a law? Well, what does legislating morality really mean? And this is really what I want to get at today. What does it mean when we say we are legislating morality? because it's very important to understand that we cannot live in a civilized society apart from legislating morality. Well laws you might be thinking they can't stop someone from murdering someone else so you can't legislate morality. Well wait a minute that's not the issue. The real issue is to curb bad behavior so that you can enjoy living a peaceful life so that you can prosper because you're not trying to survive every day. Laws are designed to punish lawbreakers. We call them criminals who break a law. Look at all of the criminals in our political system today. They are outlaws. They certainly aren't in-laws unless you want to talk about the Bidens. The Biden crime family, of course, is a bunch of outlaws, and that includes their (laughs) in-laws. Legislating morality, though, what is it? It's a deterrent force against criminals. If, in fact, the punishment is swift and it fits the crime, that's another huge problem that we have in America today. This whole push for gun control, of course, is to disarm the American citizens so that the government can have their way with us. But people say, when they say you got to pull the guns off the street, that's a bunch of nonsense. You got to pull the criminals off the street. You have to punish criminals. And if you don't punish them swiftly and justly in the case of murder, harshly, then they're going to do it again. And, Isn't that what we are seeing all the time now? As these criminals are not being punished, they're back out on the streets in no time and doing it again and again and again. And who pays the price? You, the innocent victim in society who is not being protected because morality is not being legislated as it should. Legislating morality, I'll say it again, it is a deterrent force against criminals. Legislating morality is the only means of having a civilized society, a peaceful society, and a prosperous society. And you see it. You see what calamity lawlessness has brought us now in America. We are screwed. The lawlessness abounds in every city. You can't go anywhere anymore without the potential threat of being assaulted, robbed, attacked physically, or killed. Many people are saying anybody that goes outside of their home not carrying a weapon with them is crazy in America right now. Now, that's a real sad testimony. And it tells us we are not legislating morality. Now, let's back up a little bit in history. Martin Luther King Jr., remember the guy who lived during the civil rights movement and actually gave his life to bringing justice and morality to America based on a standard, and that standard was the Constitution, Well, Martin Luther King Jr. commented on the issue of legislating morality at an address at Western Michigan University on December 18th, 1963, shortly before he was killed. And he called it the issue of you cannot legislate morality. He said, that's a half truth. And of course, what does that mean? It means it's a half lie. Why? Okay, and he's dealing with a little bit of a a problem with words. To quote Martin Luther King, he said, certainly if the problem is to be solved in the final sense, and he's talking about the problem of immorality, he says hearts must be changed. That is true. If the problem is to be solved in the final sense, hearts must be changed. But, but that is not the purpose of legislating morality. Evangelism does change the hearts of people. Following Jesus Christ changes hearts. Following Muhammad does not. Allah, Buddha, and other false gods does not bring about the change that Christianity does simply because Christianity is the only religion among all that offers salvation based on grace, on mercy, on not having to earn it. And it's a good thing because there's no way you can be good enough to earn your way into heaven. Sorry, just can't be done. It cannot be done. But even Martin Luther King is is kind of challenged With this semantic game, he says, while it may be true that morality cannot be legislated, and of course, I would argue that point, behavior can be regulated. Now, what's the difference between legislated and regulated? Well, there are nuances. Legislation refers more to uh, controlling things by the law, but the synonyms between legislated and regulated are the same. They mean control, govern, mandate order, direct, rule, influence, restrict, police, restrain, limit. Correct. You get the the idea. These two words are very similar. And then King says, it may be true that the law cannot make a man love me, but it can keep him from lynching me. And I think that's pretty important. (laughs) Right, because lynchings took place, right? Right. And so legislating morality is essential to survival. It is essential to civilized living. So what Martin Luther King really was saying is that the laws regulate behavior. They cannot change the heart. But when we talk about legislating morality, It means we are making laws that are imposed on a people, a population, based on someone's morality. In America, when we were a Christian nation, we were legislating God's morality, such as the Ten Commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And that's what King is talking about. Yeah. King is saying that the laws regulate behavior, and yes, that is pretty important. It is all important for living a peaceful life. So if we choose to not legislate morality, then someone's God-given rights are going to be violated without any consequences whatsoever, and that is called lawlessness. That is where we are today in America, because our leaders are lawless our judicial system is corrupt to the core. They compromise. They are bought off. They are bribed. They are nothing but soulless weasels because they forget that they have a duty to legislate morality. And so it's really important for us to, you know, if we want to get back to restoring a good America, a morally upright America, then we need to stop arbitrarily legislating morality only when it's convenient for us. Now you're probably wondering what I'm getting at here and I'll I'll let you know uh, soon, but it must be applied. When we are legislating morality that is imposing rules of right and wrong on, on people, it has to be applied to every living human being at all times And without a single exception, no matter who that human being is, no matter where that human being lives, no matter the race, creed, skin color, social status, educational level, or religious beliefs, legislating morality is essential to civilization. If we don't legislate morality and I'm talking about God's morality, what happens? Well, then we become animals, but not just animals like a horse or a cow or even a lion. We become the deadliest, the most evil and cunning of all animals in the animal kingdom. Legislating morality is purely a human endeavor. We can't legislate animals' morality. We can't begin to apply rules to them. They don't have the mental capacity. They don't have a conscience. They don't have a heart for God. They don't have the knowledge of eternity that God has put into the heart of every human being that lives. And so legislating morality is is an action that separates us from every other animal on the planet. Now, I'm just going to ask you a real bold question. Are you a human or are you just another base animal? Now, that's a silly question, but I'm going to actually put you to the test right after I take a short break, as I then discuss three examples of lies that deceive even good conservative people. And it changes them for the worse. I'll be right back.
1: The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jodi O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Cofix
0: Rx nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix Rx. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Changing in the world one person at a time. Thank you for joining me today on Unity Without Compromise. Dr. Steve LaTulip here. I am on America Out Loud talk radio and my show airs at 5 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday and Sunday. I'd also really strongly encourage you to go to americaoutloud.news. I want you to catch the great articles that are being written, and listen to some of these really powerful podcasts that deal with the real issues. We sometimes even struggle among ourselves. We debate, we discuss, but we respect one another, and we are striving to get at the truth. Sometimes it takes a lot of boldness, a lot of courage to just speak what's on your mind. And sometimes it is extremely important that you hear opinions voiced, whether you agree or not, because when you hear the other alternate opinions, then you can formulate new ideas and maybe consider other things that maybe you had not considered in the past. Today, I am speaking about what I consider to be a diabolical myth, a lie, and that is that you cannot legislate. Morality. I disagree strongly. Not only can we legislate morality, but we must legislate morality if we hope to survive as a free republic. And we must legislate it fairly across the board. We cannot change the human heart. And that's not what I am talking about when we discuss legislating morality. Legislating means making laws, making rules to live by that have consequences if you violate those laws. But changing the human heart, only God can do that, and he can do it in a wonderful way. But we can and must uphold uphold those rules of civility that limits bad behavior, and that is my definition of legislating morality. That is, we have a duty to protect all innocent human life from intentional harm. And it's very important that we stick to it and make no exceptions. Otherwise, what do we have? We have a dual system of justice, a two-tier system of injustice, which is what we have right now in America. But we ourselves can be guilty of that. And I want to share this with you by way of an example. But what we must understand is that we must legislate morality if we hope to survive as a free republic. And we must legislate it equally and fairly across the board. So what's one really big example where, in my opinion, we violate this rule of legislating morality fairly among all human beings? Well, it's the issue of abortion. And that issue has become really hot. Republicans don't want to talk about abortion because they feel that they're going to lose the votes because of these... Single moms who are getting pregnant and have to have their abortion so they can live their lives. I mean, they are really challenged here, bringing a new life into the world, and they don't want to do it. And they vote. And so Republicans don't want to talk about it. We can't talk about it if we're going to win the election. So they say, and of course, Democrats do want to talk about it because We now live in a society that says and has been actually developed over years and years ever since Roe v. Wade, that saying it's okay to kill a baby in the womb, right? Some believe that abortion, this killing of a human child in the womb, right up to the point of delivery and sometimes even... As they are being delivered, what's called partial birth abortion has been advocated. And even infanticide up to 28 days or so after birth, it's been suggested by two states that it should be okay to murder your child if you decide you don't want it. But many conservatives are saying, no, we shouldn't make an issue of that. We should leave it to the state. Somehow, we should make an exception to the law against taking innocent human life, is what they're saying. Now, why is that? Do you think God would make an exception for children in the womb? Some use the excuse well, you know, they're going to do it anyway. People are going to have abortions. Why even have a law against abortion, right? Well, it's a very weak argument. I'm sorry, it's a weak argument. If you look at the statistics, of homicides in America. And I'm talking exclusive of abortion, killing of human life outside of abortion. In 2022, there were 21,156 reported homicides in the U.S. Now, we do legislate against murder, right? But look at all the murder victims. 21,156. Shall we remove the laws and decriminalize murder since they're going to do it anyway, right? No, that's not appealing to me. And I know it's not appealing to you if you are of sound mind. Okay, it's common sense. How many more murders would there be if we did not have the laws? And Think about this. What if we actually punished criminals according to the laws of the Bible? If you go into the Old Testament, you read an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a life for a life. Wow. That's pretty harsh. How many homicides do you think there would be if murderers were Subjected to the death penalty, if they were snuffed because they took an innocent human life. Do you think it would be a deterrent? Yeah, I do. But to say that unborn children don't deserve protection under the law, you've just exposed yourself. What you're saying is the Constitution doesn't apply to every human being in America. You really don't accept that a child before birth is a unique, innocent human being. And you will make an allowance that not all murder, which is by definition the taking of innocent human life, is worth punishing. You believe that expediency, what, for political reasons, right? Expediency justifies dehumanizing a sector of the human population. Now, that is definitely, for one thing, ignoring the science. I'm a medical doctor. Before that, I was a microbiologist. I've had a lot of human uh, study, uh, cytology, immunology. Uh, When you have a zygote produced by a male sperm and a female egg, They unite and come together. You have a zygote, a two-celled human being. All the genetic material is there. You have human life at conception. That is a scientific fact. And then that human grows and grows and is easily recognizable. Having a heartbeat at some six weeks, right? Um, All the parts are there and then growing in a very short time. But if you believe that for some political reason, we have to relegate the death, the murder of infants in the womb to the states and say, no, they're not covered under the Constitution of the United States that protects you and I from being murdered. You're a hypocrite. That's all I can conclude. You are a hypocrite. Take it a little bit further. Right? Isn't that, by the way, what the Germans did and others did to the Jews? They dehumanized them, and then it was okay to murder them. Just turn the other cheek. That's not what the Bible meant. Turn your head away from the evil. Ignore it rather than expose it. Rather than fight for people who are being taken to the death, innocent human beings who did not commit any crime. They're being murdered every day. It's what pro-Palestinians and pro-Hamas supporters are doing now to the Jews. They are dehumanizing them, and they are dehumanizing Christians, and they are dehumanizing Americans. And what's really pathetic is that a lot of these people are Americans. They are off their rockers. They're just crazy, right? This is evil. They don't know what they are doing. But shall we just say it's okay to kill Americans, right? I mean, these people want to do what's right in their own eyes. And if murder is okay for the children in the womb, then why isn't it okay for everybody else? The Constitution is just a farce, right? Or maybe a suggestion. Well, let's not hold anybody accountable. right? Okay. It's okay to kill Americans because after all, they're going to do it anyway, right? All these people coming across the border in the United States right now are doing their harm to people, to Americans, and they will kill and be released and kill again, murder innocent people, rob you, steal your car, do all sorts of evil against you because our government no longer legislates morality. That's what's happening maybe we should check our own biased value system because a baby in the uterus is either a human or it is not. It's either alive or it's not. And I'd rather go with God's standard. What does the Bible say? What does God say about the human in the womb? Well, in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 5, says, as you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child. See, there's a child, a human child in the womb. That's what Solomon, the preacher said in the book of Ecclesiastes. Jeremiah 1 verse 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. See, you are someone you're a human being in the womb Hosea 12 3 he took his brother by the heel in the womb he an individual a male child took his brother another male child by the heel in the womb in the womb is a human being Luke chapter 1 verse 41 The babe leaped in her womb. There was a baby in the womb. A human being who has every right to protection of life and liberty as you and I have. Because they are fully human. Just residing in another place for a short time as they grow. As soon as we call the baby in the womb, not a he or she, but instead in it, we dehumanize the human being in the womb and then killing them in their innocence becomes okay. But let me tell you this. I don't care what any politician says. I don't care what any man or woman says, right or left, conservative or liberal. The baby in the uterus is not the mother's body. The baby is a distinct, innocent human life that deserves the same protection of the law as every other innocent human being and if we want to go on and wax eloquent making excuses for why we can kill a baby in the womb then woe to us pity us because we have lost our way we have lost our standard it is an evil that we have bought into There are no exceptions. I don't apologize for this position. We as a nation are going to reestablish America as a great nation again only if we make America a good nation again, a good nation by God's standards. And if we offend God and rebel against God and decide to do what is right in our own eyes when God makes it perfectly clear what his standard is, then we deserve what's coming to us. And we will soon see the end of America because of our immorality and amorality. Any nation that does not protect the most innocent, the most vulnerable, and the most fragile of its human population can't possibly call itself a civilized nation. We must legislate morality for all human beings. We have no cause whatsoever to devalue any human based on where they reside or how old they are. The end result is the same. It is murder. Relegate it to the state's Whether or not you can murder a child in the womb, give me a break that offends God. It makes God angry. And if you decide that you love the Lord and want to follow Jesus Christ and say it's okay to relegate whether the child in the womb lives or dies, relegate that to the states, how do you do that? Why do you say that? You better check your own heart. Another example of real abuses in legislating morality comes with the diversity, inclusion, and equity nonsense that we are confronted with every day. It violates multiple laws such as stealing, showing partiality or favoritism. It's another great evil. America truly is a melting pot of diverse cultures, races, religious beliefs. I get that, and I'm proud of it, and I'm happy about it. But our strength came not through our diversity, but by our unity in living according to a nationally accepted Christian standard that says these are the rules that we play by in America And it's called the Constitution, and it is based on the Bible. It is a set of laws that recognizes that every man, woman, and child is a creation of God. Given basic human rights of freedom, justice, respect for one another. Remember when we used to respect one another? The Constitution allows the Jew to live in America in peace. Also the Muslim and the Hindu and the Buddhist and any other religion, as long as they don't violate our constitutional rights. See, we welcome people. Come on to America. Do it legally. Join us. But these are our standards of living. This is our standard of right and wrong. It doesn't come from Allah. We have no Sharia law. We have the law of the almighty God of this universe. Accept it. And we will welcome you to be a part of us. And you will prosper and be blessed by it because those are the laws of God. And guess what? They work when they are applied. And when they are ignored, you have The Middle East, you have chaos. You have no respect whatsoever for any human life. So we got to be real careful about what we want to call right and wrong, about what allowances we want to make when it is politically expedient and convenient because we might fear losing an election that is secondary First things first, we play by the rules of the Constitution. The Constitution was inspired by the Bible. Those who penned those words of the Constitution knew God. And the Constitution allows us to live together, regardless of who we are, regardless of anything because we are unified in accepting those rules that say we are one nation under God and that we are a nation who trusts in God's divine providence. Officially, this is still our national creed. The day that we disavow this creed is the day that America dies. Doesn't matter who's running for office, doesn't matter what the votes are. Despite our diversity, we are unified. One nation, one flag, one God. Those who shout diversity just want everything free, right? Some want reparations for an offense they never knew because their racist white brothers fought their own dissidents to give their ancestors freedom. The black man is free in America today because a lot of white men joined in on the fight For God's standard, they died. They're not asking for reparations, but they fought for you, the slave in America, and it's gone. God's standard does good things for people. Those who shout diversity want everything free, free college, free food, free everything you owe it to me, they say. Well, we better think again. And the new push for inclusion has actually excluded people from being accepted for who they are. The moral majority of Americans who just want to be left alone to peacefully live their lives has been ruthlessly attacked, murdered, imprisoned, shamed, and falsely accused of being racists, homophobes, right-wing radicals, terrorists, threats, including mothers who want to protect their children from sexual abuse. And who accuses us? Actual racists. Like people like Al Sharpton, right? AOC, Barack Obama. They are racist, true racists in the true sense of the word. They want us to fight against each other. Sexual perverts who commit disgusting acts with the same sex or even with four-legged animals, they accuse us of fearing them and excluding them. Who is accusing whom of being exclusive? But they want to shove it down our throat. Compare the January 6th protesters calmly walking through the Capitol with the pro-Palestinian insurgents tearing up the Capitol and attacking police. Who is the real terrorist threat? The American-loving, God-fearing, law-abiding protesters are rotting in prison right now, while the Hamas lovers who actually do the damage and the harm to people they get off scot-free? Where is equity? It's a very fitting acronym, D-I-E. Not D-E-I, D-I-E, die, because that's what it leads to, the death of a nation. And what about Israel as an ally? Why must Israel be an ally? That's a big issue right now. Well, some say because they're still God's chosen people. No, they're not. That is an error. Many false teachers about the status of the Jews has been proclaimed in, in a lot of the pulpits of America. But in God's eyes, what is the status of the Jew? The truth is, we must legislate morality based on the Bible standard. That is our survival. Apart from this standard, we are a dead nation. Nothing we can do about it. If we compromise, this divided house is going to fall. And I don't want that to happen. And neither do you. We must therefore stop believing the lie that brings strong delusion even among the best of us. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you do. And think about who you represent when you say, I am an American. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve Latour. Until next week, adieu.